So it's time for us to go into word domination, and we have a fantastic person to be speaking with. She's an award-winning South African journalist and author. She's a research fellow attached to the Department of Communication Sciences at the University of the Free State, and she is about to be awarded a new award through the University of Stellenbosch. On the 5th of December, they're going to confer an award to journalist Zubeda Jaffa. They're going to be conferring a Doctor of Philosophy, a DPhil, in honor of the work that she has done as a journalist and as an author as well. So delighted to have you on the line, Zubeda. Thank you so much for making the time as well on a Sunday morning. Thank you, Michelle. You know, it's it's quite something I imagine to say, to be told that's it. We are conferring that doctorate on you, and uh, it really does pay tribute to many many years of incredibly hard work, doesn't it? Yes, Michelle. It came as a complete surprise, and uh, but a welcome surprise. And um, I I just I was I was really really taken aback and thankful. So what does it mean for you to receive something like this? And if you look at all your different works and your different roles as well, both author, both journalist, and uh, in many ways teacher as well, mentor, teacher as well, what does this mean for you? How will you then be able to use it, do you think? This, I, I suppose I'll have to see, but what it does do, it... Um, it um, Zubeda, you know what we're going to do? Your line is uh, really quite bad. So um, what we're going to do is, if you don't mind, we're going to just call you back and see what we can do. Zubeda, I think and I'm hoping we've got you back on the line. Yes, you do. Ah, brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Zubeda, you know, you've written so many different books. You've written um, so many different articles. And some of them have fascinating resonances, but very different resonances with our country. And I want to take you back a good while to something you wrote about how the Dutch dealt with traumas of the Second World War and some lessons for South Africa. I think you wrote in 1995. What a fascinating topic to write about. And I'm wondering how you got onto that and indeed what some of the outcomes of that article were. Uh, that was um, a part of the research that I was doing with uh, Kada Asmal and Albie Sachs in preparation for the discussion, uh, the Codesa discussions, um, and around the TRC. My job <clears throat> was to um, to collate what different countries had done, uh, you know, post-war, post-trauma. So um, I mainly did that through contacting embassies, etc. But I, with the Dutch experience, I had the opportunity of actually traveling there. And it it was absolutely amazing to, to go to places where, you know, I visited the center where people were, 40 years, 50 years after their mothers seeing a bomb being dropped, they were in a facility um, and had suffered, you know, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. So, so it was. I saw how people had to be had to get specialist care, 
And so I wrote about that. I really, and I hope to republish that little book uh, next year. And uh, but it was an, an amazing experience, you know. It, it taught me so much. You know, this idea of post-traumatic stress disorder and intergenerational trauma <clears throat> is something that we've touched on in this country, but perhaps not enough. Not even perhaps not enough. Definitely not enough. And I wondered if you think about your own book that you sp- you, you wrote, um, the Our Generation Memoir. Did you find that writing and putting it onto the paper was a way of dealing with that uh, trauma and, I suppose, intergenerational trauma as well? To some extent, Michelle, but I had to. I I couldn't write it for for many years. Uh, because every time I wanted to write it, then, you know, I'd start crying. So mm. I had to put it away because I have to survive. I've got to earn a living. And so I just left it. And then uh, eventually I got around to, to doing it. But that was only after I'd gone through, you know, some psychological care. Yeah. Um, because because um, I think the writing, it is true that, it's cathartic in a sense, yeah. but for me it was almost like I'm putting it down there on paper and then I don't have to deal with it again. You know, I don't hmm. have to, if somebody asks me about it, then I say, just read that, you know, because I don't want to go over and over and over because it never goes away. Yeah. It never goes away. And so, so, and that's what people don't understand. They don't understand that if you've been, you know, if you've had an extreme trauma, I mean, it doesn't go away. Yeah. And uh, so it's just a, ma- a matter of how do you manage it. And our country is especially traumatized, you know, through, you know, many, 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 many years of violence and traumatic experience. So we have to start doing, we have to look at that in the eye and start saying, okay, how can we help each person? Um, and I mean, I, I really, I really have uh, so much experience with that, you know, because I've struggled with that, struggled with that all these years, and I'm in a very good place at the moment. Sabeda, if I may ask, um, you you talk about uh, having the experience of that and how one deals with it, and and the reason I also ask is. I look back at my own family. So um, my parents were um, in Holland during the Second World War. And uh, my mother's father um, died in Auschwitz. Oh. And so when I look at that particular story, it it really does ring with a great resonance to me about how trauma does feed through almost. I mean, it's not genetically alone, but it is almost genetically as well. And I wondered how your conversations with others and how you are able to shift the dial, if one can think of it like that. You know, so I, I always, uh, my position is that, uh, that you know, we can't let the people who, 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 who did these terrible acts and committed these terrible acts against us, we can't give them the power over us endlessly. So... We have to let go of them, you know, mm. let them float into the ether, because otherwise that means they are forever, <laughs> you know, kind of having Tied their into. power. 
Yeah. Yeah, they've done that at home. Then, then they, they are there. <laughs> yeah. And so when the NPA those years asked me if I wanted to prosecute one of the torturers, I actually said no because, um, and they wanted to know why. And I said, because he's already, they've already taken 10 years of my life, so I don't want to. I don't want to give them go in court and stand there and look at them and, you know, give them another, you know, couple of years. Yeah. And so that's been my position. Different people handle it differently. But for me, that was how I felt that, um, you know, that they were just cogs in the, you know, there were small little people uh, who did terrible things, which they should be paid for, but they will pay for, you know, spiritually they will pay for this, you know. Yeah. Zubeda, I think about it a lot also. I'm thinking of um, Dimpohani's uh, response on hearing, Ooh, you know, yeah, that, yeah. Cri- that the killer of Chris Hani would be released. And it talks yes. to a lot of what you're saying, but it, as you say, as some people respond differently and, and, and have, have absolutely every right to respond differently. Yes. If we take this forward... What are the tiny steps, the tiny, tiny steps that we need to take? I suppose it's like that thing of eating the elephant in the room one tiny bite at a time. I feel, I feel we, we, we need to, to sit together, you know, in small groups and say how we feel and then create a support group, you know, create little support groups, very small uh, support groups. Uh, I've been fortunate, you know, I, I've chosen my sister, my, 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 my daughter, my my good friend um and uh Fozy and you know, so I have people to go to when I'm feeling you know, when I'm kind of going crazy or yeah. you know. So I think small groups of of support, you must look around for who's the ones that care for you and, and then be able to tell them what's happening. Yeah. And then often I found when I'd say, I say, oh, today I'm like, you know, I'm going crazy. Um, like yesterday, I went, yesterday was a difficult day. I don't know why. Somebody sent me a beautiful message. And then suddenly I remembered, you know, the, I, I remembered how they arrested my father and put him on the phone to me in the middle of the night and while I was in detention, you know. Yeah. And And, and, and I was just, you know, crying, having crying again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, so, so, um, but, you know, I, I articulated that to my daughter and uh, in the end we were laughing, you know, sure. <laughs> we were laughing. So, so you, you do need, we do need very finite sort of people, each person who has, if you know the person, you have to help them form a little support group or if you, uh, or if it's the person that's suffering and you can do that yourself, then you need to do that because um, that you know you've got backup with somebody who knows what's going on with you, you know? I, I mean, it's interesting the way you tie grief and trauma together so closely. And we, we, we often forget that, that they are tied so closely together. I do want to ask you, Zubeda, I think it's a brilliant thing, and I've just read it um, in, your, in your bio, is how our generation was translated into Arabic. And I think that's brilliant and fascinating. Talk to us a little bit about that decision. 
Well, it just happened. Um, I visited Egypt and went to speak there. Yeah. Um, and then they they had, this is a number of years ago, they have a national translation center. And then they offered, you know, to do that. And the idea was that, that they would translate it and then get it into other Arabic-speaking countries. Yeah. But then what happened was that in the end, they... <clears throat> they um, all this political drama unfolded there, and um, <clears throat> a lot of the people that I was working with were displaced, and and so that didn't come off the ground. But it's strange that you ask about this because somebody is just, in fact, Imam Harun's son-in-law is in London. He's a translator, yeah, and he so kindly has taken the Arabic copy. He translates Arabic, and he's taken it, and he says that. You know, he's going to look at it with a, you know, how strongly it's been translated. And I'm thinking, oh, if I can, I'd love to be able to do it, you know, so that it's accessible. It's so, I mean, if we start to think about like where that book then will go and also what that book will then say about the Muslim community in South Africa, I mean, there's there's a whole load of different uh, themes that one can really pick up on that I imagine a lot of books in South Africa have not been able to do when we talk about our history and when we talk about our heritage. Yes, I particularly would like it to get to to young Muslim women across the world because because for them to draw strength that uh, our religion... Uh, is, is beautiful and that it's not uh, I've never been raised in an oppressive situation and uh, and uh, I you've had the support of my family the loving support of my family you know through all these things and uh, so it doesn't mean there's a lot of confusion you know you have to be sometimes people say you have to be rigid in order to be religious but I've never experienced that. So I'd like to be able yeah. to share that clearly. That is something I would like to do. Maybe also the idea of talking about women being able to draw strength. I'm just thinking about what I've recently been listening to with regards to the Taliban and uh, women in Afghanistan and that that particular space is now shifting quite rapidly to one of um, absolutely no uh, possibilities in many ways for women who want to study, etc. Do you believe that this is a book that could uh, give them, as you say, strength and maybe uh, give new insights in how to engage with the world? It could. I think it could. It could help uh, yeah. inspire. Uh, the South African story is amazing and uh, we have fought for many uh, uh, sort of opening of spaces and so People, um, in fact, somebody said to me, some young people are thinking of leaving the country. And then she said to me, a young lawyer, she said to me, um, but this is a very good place if you're Muslim. So she's not going anywhere. (laughs) So, you know, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, we've come a very, very long way. Nobody looks at you if you're wearing a scarf or, you know, nobody's, you know, in fact, it's respect. So yeah. but that was fought for and so we we do stand as a beacon. So there's lots of there's lots of positives, you know? Yeah. Lots and lots of positives. In all our negativity, in all Absolutely. our difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, Zabeda, talking of positives, uh, many people, including myself, may not know that you, in fact, registered your own publishing company. And that was a lot around how do you take ownership of your creativity and the work that you do. Tell us about that. Yes, what happened was that during COVID, my daughter was a teacher. We had lots of discussions because she said, Mommy, what's going to happen if you die? You know, because people were dying around us. So, um, and so, I mean, we lost Karima Brown, we lost others. So the possibility of death was real. So we had a very open discussion about it. And she said, Mommy, if you should die, I don't know, where's all your work, you know? And then... I realized, yes, nobody would know because only I know what, you know where things are on the computer or whatever. And then eventually we came up with this idea of creating a business vehicle and uh, taking my books back from the other publishers yeah. and republishing it. Um, and and we are now uh, nearly, we are a year and a half old. Wow. A company, yeah. number 10 publishers. And we've done exceedingly well. We've done exceedingly well. We've, yeah, I always keep on thinking, God, if those books were just lying there and now they're <laughs> going to schools and people are buying them and we repackage them. And, and I, I can't solve this problem of writers um, and the, the fact that they've been so exploited. Yeah. But I thought, let me solve it for myself. And then maybe that could we could find a way forward, you know. Would you do it for? Work. Would you do it for other? Would you publish other authors as well, or is this something that you and your family are simply doing for you? Well, at this point, it's for me uh, because I still have a lot of things that I haven't published. But we hope to. Our dream is to be able to offer a service to wow. others. Brilliant. And but not to take ownership of the. the I don't want to to take over the copyright and all that. Uh, we would obviously like to make some uh, earning from it, but yeah. we're not going to we want to come up with a formula that that the book stays with the person, the yeah. rights and everything Absolutely. stays with And But we facilitate, you know. So we're learning, we're learning. And in the next, maybe in three years' time, I think we'll be ready to, to do more. You keep saying we. Can I assume that it's your daughter that's working my with daughter. you? My daughter. Ah, I thought so. My daughter, <laughs> yes. My daughter. And without her, you know, without her input and, and energy as a young person, I would yes. not have been able to do this, you know? Yeah. So it's really a combination, a mother-daughter company. And yeah. uh, so we're very proud of ourselves. <laughs> well, we're <laughs> very proud of what you're doing as well. And uh, I'm sure con- congratulations do come your way for uh, not only what you've done over the past decades, but also for that uh, doctorate that is coming your way as well. Thank you. Well deserved. Really well deserved. Thank you, Michelle. You know, we can do it. We we can as a country. We've got amazing people. And uh, we need to focus there. And uh, we mustn't give so much power to all these rotters, you know, (laughs) or messing us up. Give power to all those who are doing great things. I absolutely agree. Zubeda Jaffa, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations to you and your daughter for the hard work that you're doing. And uh, I wish you a wonderful day on the 5th of December. Thank you, Michelle. So kind of you.